Is this, prim- <laughs> is this, is this interview primarily about me or is it about yeah, you guys too? Yeah, it's about too? you. Well, but like... we all are in the same community. Yeah, we are. So what happens if I ask you questions? You, you can. That yes. would be a game changer. A game changer? <laughs> oh my gosh. I was just thinking how no one's done that yet. That's not true. How loud do I need to speak? Is this okay? Louder or is better. That's louder is talks. better. Yeah, Sammy does talk quietly. Yeah. What? She talks like it's this. It's true. She talks like this. It's almost like it's bred to come out, but it just kind of... Yeah, like John Mayer. Which is honestly very calming. I didn't know. Because <laughs> Catherine likes that. Catherine does not... My wife, Catherine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to be saying right now. <laughs> you never know. She, uh, she doesn't like it when I speak forcefully. She, she says it sounds like I'm angry. Oh. When I'm just speaking. Just what about passion? Excited. It's just passion. It's just passion. Exclamation point. It's full of passion. Let's do an intro. Okay. How should we introduce it? We should say, so I was listening to a podcast today and she said, you're listening to... So we'll say that. You're listening to Going Home Home by Grubby Little Hands, which means Sammy and Beth. Yes. Hopefully by now you know what our podcast is about. If not, you can listen to the introduction. The introductory podcast? Yeah. Not this introduction. Okay. <laughs> All right. Introduce our guest, Sammy. Well, we have a guest. You wouldn't be able to tell, but he's sitting right next to me. Matt! <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm sitting right next to you. <laughs> you gotta tell me about these like transitions here. If I'm supposed to talk or not. You can, you can talk, talk whenever you, you want. Talk now. Okay. Um, I'm so glad that you were silent for the intro though. Oh. That would have been embarrassing. No problem. <laughs> I just didn't know when to transition into talking. But I'm glad, I'm glad I'm glad I'm allowed to talk now. Yeah, and this is like gonna be great for you because you're an extrovert, but people are gonna have to listen. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I have decided recently that I wanted to become an introvert so that people would listen to me when I talked instead of just ignore me because I talk too much. But maybe this is the perfect opportunity yeah. for me to just extrovert all over this podcast. It's time to shine. Yeah, it's awesome. All the advice you want to give people, you should say here. <laughs> yeah, these listeners can't interrupt you. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We could, though, they can fast forward through it, though, and not understand it very well. Oh, that's true. Don't tell them that. Well, they do it anyways. 2.5 speed. It's too fast. (laughs) I didn't even know that was a thing until Catherine said she did. Well, Matt is the final of the five in our series on the Allisons, basically. Yeah, final. I'm not sure if I should feel like I'm the leftovers or if I should just feel honored that you didn't leave me out. I'm not sure. (laughs) I think no. Okay. Save the best for last, right? Mm. Um, I do think that these are some really good questions so pat yourself on the back yeah because we've had we now we're getting used to having guests but before when we started having guests like our first guest justin i'm so sorry we only gave him four questions that was not enough i don't even remember that but you Mm. have 10 (laughs) oh good and they're really well thought out at this point they are they're very good questions i was really impressed so awesome we'll just get right into the questions number one who are you I am Matthew Allison. My friends call me Matt. And I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm married to Catherine. Um, We've been married for 15 years. I'm a dad. I have three kids, Carson, Mary Grace, and Elizabeth. And you listeners of the podcast probably know them from a few podcasts ago. I don't know how many it was. but I think it was two. I think they were the stars of 
Oh, yeah. I think they have okay. fans now. Yeah. Oh, they definitely do. Um, I am an oldest child, and I am very, very competitive. I am an extrovert, as we just talked about, and I am definitely a verbal processor. Perfect. Which probably means that my answers to all of these 10 questions that you have written will not be the most succinct <laughs> in the world, but sorry. Um, I am an Enneagram 3. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Wing 2, um, <laughs> because I know you guys are into that. And I actually oh, yeah. just took a personality test yesterday that I had to take for this cohort thing that I'm in with work, and I am an ENFJ. Oh, awesome. Whatever that ENFJ. Means. Okay. I read a little bit about it, but I don't know that we're going to go into that right now. But We don't have to, but it is it. That's almost the same. It is interesting. Seeing your office, I see the J part. Mm. Very organized, mm. especially your two whiteboards. Mm. I love whiteboards. That's like the for, the only thing that I really, really needed to have <laughs> in an office. The other thing I really, really needed to have is other people, which I don't have. That's so. the E part. Time. Yeah, I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know much yeah. about N, but... My wife actually, uh, she's going to listen to this podcast, but and we were actually having a discussion this morning, and she's been, because of the COVID-19 coronavirus stuff, she's been homeschooling the children, which I know you guys know all about since yes. you're not currently <laughs> teaching my children. <laughs> um, and uh, she is an introvert and she has kids who are asking her questions all day long, yeah. all every minute of every day. And she asked, she's like, Hey Matt, you know, how you talked about letting me come and work from the guest house. I'm like, yeah, of course you can work from the guest house whenever you want. And she's like, okay, good. Because I'm going to need you not to be there when I do it. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? I, we have all other offices. You can say, no, no. I need you to not be anywhere on the premises when I'm there. And I'm like, oh, oh wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I'll go home then so that you can work in the office. But that's the difference between her and I. She just needs some time and I need people. Yes. Same as us. Yeah. I need time to be alone. I need people. I need you to go to your friends. Totally get it. <laughs> All right. So where do you live? Where do I live now? What are you doing here? Uh, That's it. Okay. That's not the full question. It oh. says, where did you grow up? Oh. Where do you currently live? And what are you currently doing? Oh, that's a three-part so question. So I just missed the first part. Yeah. All right. So I am from... The U.S. I am from, grew up in Virginia, and I currently live in Lilongwe, Malawi. And my family and I moved here about 16 months ago, and we are here really to be obedient followers of Jesus Christ and to partner with and to serve alongside the church here in sharing the gospel and making disciples, making disciples. That looks a lot of, like a lot of different things, but ultimately that's what we're here to do. Yeah, it's pretty broad. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm working with the leadership of a convention of churches here, mm -hmm. leadership development and pastoral training and helping think through vision and how do we, how do we help pastors think through what it looks like to have healthy churches, what, is e what a healthy churches even look like, what does evangelism look like, what does is, what is leadership development um, look like. And ultimately, we really, really want to see the Malawian church being a church that is reaching out um, beyond Malawi mm -hmm. um, as missionaries themselves. And so, you know, just working, working toward those ends. But really, that's all about sharing the gospel and making disciples, making disciples. Yeah. 
This question is not on the list, but I want to know. It, we took, it took like one whole minute <laughs> for us to get to a question that's not on the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what's your favorite part of your job? Good question. That is a really good question. Yeah, thanks, guys. My favorite... My favorite part of my job is that, um, A, I feel like it's really important, um, but so B, the purpose, the purpose mm-hmm. is, is, it's a gospel purpose. It's, it's, um, it has eternal ramifications yes. and implications, and I think that that's always good when you can see how your job has eternal implications. Um, but I think one thing that really excites me about this job is that it's not cookie cutter, and it's pretty ambiguous. And I enjoy the process of building relationships and trying to figure out the best ways to accomplish vision when there isn't already a way that someone has set out, this is exactly how we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And so the ambiguity of it is something that I really enjoy because it's, it's really kind of the problem solver in me really likes to try to figure out how we can go about achieving the things that God has asked us to do with the people he's surrounded us with for the people that he surrounded us with yeah that's quite a gift for liking that yeah I do like <laughs> ambiguity it. yeah yeah figuring out how to do and people's personalities are different like some people would struggle with yeah. ambiguity but for me I really enjoy the fact that it's... yeah that's why you're here yeah that's what I was thinking okay number two take it away Sammy where is your home home? What ah. would you consider home home to be? This is the, this is the like, ultimate question. This is like the big the question you get this one of wrong, you're the off podcast. <laughs> See the problem the problem with this question is I'm not sure that I really have a great answer um, for it. Any answer is a great um, answer. I don't know. <laughs> so um, I was I was really when you wrote this, I knew it was coming. But when I was <laughs> I mean you have to know it's coming. But I was like working through like, what do I actually think that means? And what do I think that is? And what is that for me? And I kind of had to go way back. My parents were, got divorced when I was 16. And I think ever since then, I've been trying to figure out for me what home home looks like because that kind of was a very big disturbance in what I saw home to be because that home and the family just all of a sudden wasn't. Yeah. anymore and I feel like in a lot of ways uh under in, in kind of just in underlying me or in the under under the surface I guess that's why I say that I've been trying to define what home home looks like maybe ever since then without even really yeah without even oh, really, really without even really thinking about it um so I guess over the years I've think that I have come to the conclusion that for me personally, home home is more where my people are Mm -hmm. than a physical place. Um, And I think it's being around the people who know me and who yet still love me, um, the people who always have my back and who cheer for me and who rejoice for me and who mourn with me, and then the ones who put me in my place when I'm acting stupid. Um, those are the people. That's where I feel at home when, oh. I'm, with, when I'm with them. Yeah. Um, and interestingly and graciously, God has provided 
those people for me wherever I've been. Mm. That's what I was just going to ask. Yeah, he's provided those people for me wherever <laughs> I've been. Um, but it also doesn't necessarily happen immediately. Yeah. yeah. And it takes, it takes time. And um, Catherine, my wife, always jokes with me that I want 10-year friendships in six months. Yes, and, me too. And <laughs> that's why moving here, it's one of the reasons moving here has been, has been hard. Mm. Yeah, one of the challenges. I totally feel that. So you're saying you have your people in one place and then you move and your previous place was home home until you find your people in the new place. Yeah, I think so. With some overlapping. Yeah. That makes sense. That and I think going answer. home home, you can, those people have been different people throughout mm-hmm. life, but it's funny how when you're with those people again, it doesn't, it, it's very, very quickly you can feel home home again yes. with them, even though you haven't been with them for a long time. And yeah, I, definitely experienced that in the summer, even though I'd only been gone a year or less actually, but you know, yeah. I got the idea and that was really encouraging. Why? Because we know that you have a great, a very rich community back in Wake Forest. <laughs> Wake Forest, which is in North Carolina. <laughs> oh man, um, it's amazing. Why leave that? Why leave that? Um, it's a good question. In case you're wondering, the original wording is "Why did you leave?" That's why did what it I says. Leave? Um, paper. <laughs> Why did we leave? So for us, for Catherine and I, it was a really long, I think it was a really long process. Mm-hmm. I think that when we were dating, so long time ago, <laughs> long, long time ago, uh, when we were dating in college, both Catherine and I felt like maybe God might be calling us to live somewhere overseas, mm-hmm. which is a very naive and kind of dumb thing to say. But we both felt, we both felt that. And, um, and so that had, that was something that was always kind of in the back of our minds, but then you graduate college and you get married and you have jobs and you buy a house and you do all these things, you have a baby or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's not that necessarily those things that, that we felt like maybe God was potentially calling us to live overseas had necessarily changed, but there were just all these other things that were there as well. And so it wasn't necessarily in the background. It just wasn't what we felt like was right now. And we didn't really know what to do with that. We didn't know if that meant he was going to eventually call us overseas or if it meant he never was, but eventually we just had to figure out what it looked like to be content and obedient with where we were. Yeah. And so we just continued to try to learn how to do that. And then, um, and so that's over the course of like 15 years. Yeah. And then, um, a few years ago, um, we had been praying more about maybe God is calling us, Mm -hmm. um, to go overseas. And Catherine went on a short term trip to West Africa. And when she came home, I was praying that God would really speak to her and Mm -hmm. then make it clear if missions is something that, if moving overseas is something that we should or shouldn't do. And um, man, God really used that trip to kind of jumpstart us um, getting into the process, uh, getting into the application process mm-hmm. and talking with different organizations and really asking 
specific people to pray and mm-hmm. us praying specifically about whether or not our family should should go overseas. And so is that the why am I here? Um, that's kind of the how, I guess, yeah, I've got, like here. How you got here. The why I'm here, I think... So there's a number of different ways I could answer that. But I think the way that I would answer it is that when we look at scripture, even from the very beginning, like with Adam, like one of the first commands that God gave Adam Mm -hmm. was to go and to fill the earth and to go and to spread out. Mm -hmm. And then, then Noah, he goes, he says to go and Mm -hmm. to fill the earth. And with Abraham, he says to go to a land. And then all through scripture, it talks about the nations knowing him. And then, and then, and then all the way to Jesus, where Jesus gives the great commission and he says, go and to, and to make disciples of all the nations. Yeah. And, you know, back to creation, the reason that God created us like he did in his image was to be an image bearer of his and to show others who he is. He wants us to be a part of showing the whole world who he is and how much he loves us, mm-hmm. right? And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus Jesus came to a place that wasn't his home. He sacrificed a whole lot to do that he gave up everything and he did it to be essentially the perfect image bearer of God so that when we look at him we see God perfectly and then he goes and tells his disciples to follow in his footsteps and to do the same things Mm -hmm. and so we're never going to be Jesus but you know when Catherine and I thought through the passions and the giftings that he's given us we just thought man this is this is what it could look like for us. And honestly, though we feel like we gave up, there are lots of things that we feel yeah. like we gave up to come here. Um, honestly, I think that it comes down to whether or not God's vision is more compelling than your vision. Yeah. Mm. More So as you're speaking through that, I'm wondering how in the back of your head was there a change or was there... I don't know. How did you plant your roots in North Carolina? How did, how was, well, I'm trying to figure out how mean, to like say this. Knew like if you leave. always wanted to leave, how did that <clears throat> change your mindset of the way that you were planting your roots? So the first, and it's a great question because the first couple of years we didn't do it very well. Yeah. Um, because we moved to North Carolina for the sole purpose of me going to seminary so that we could oh. go overseas. Oh. So we didn't. So that was all by chance. All the summit church and everything? Yeah, a chance is probably not the right way to okay. say it because it was <laughs> But you weren't looking for that. We weren't looking for that. That's amazing. We weren't looking for that. And so we moved to North Carolina because after Catherine after after Carson came. Yeah. Um Catherine made a uni, a, a unilateral decision that Texas was too far for, for me to go to seminary <laughs> and that it was too far away from her, fam- her family. And yeah. so I was like, whoa, okay, well, are, am I still going to seminary? Because I thought we were going to Texas for seminary. And she's like, yeah, it's just too far. No. It's too far. <laughs> like Carson was like two weeks old or something. She's like, it's too far because I have to be uh, close to my mom. Yeah. And, which, okay. I, which, yeah. which makes sense now. Yeah. Um, but I was like, whoa. And so we just chose mm-hmm. North Carolina like super randomly. That's crazy. And so for the first few, we started going to the church that would eventually send us here. Yeah. We started going there a few months after we got there. But even for the first few years going to that church, you talked about planting your roots. We did not. 
we didn't plan our roots. We didn't mm-hmm. try to yeah. have a lot of friendships because it was kind of like just get through seminary, do the mm-hmm. three years, and then then go. Then go. But we, we God knew yeah. we we were not ready to go. We mm-hmm. were not. It was not. We were not in a place where this could have been the long term place where God called us to if we went after those two or three years. Mm-hmm. Like it would not. We were not. For different reasons. Yeah. Catherine and I both had to learn. God was teaching us both very different things because we're very different people yeah. through the same circumstances. That's really and cool. And so through those, through those 10 years, God really um, taught us what it looked like to not idolize his plan over himself. Yeah. He taught us um, what it looked like to, to be obedient where we were. He taught us what it looked like to plant roots and to to be a part of, um, to be a part of the body of Christ, no matter where we were. And we had to learn a lot of those things because we couldn't we couldn't end up being healthy here without mm-hmm. without having learned those things. And so um, God used that time. He knew what He was doing. Yeah. We had no idea what He was doing because there was plenty of that time where we didn't even understand why we were in North Carolina anymore yeah. or why we should be there. And it wasn't until we started, instead of kind of complaining about where we were and how confused we were, doing our best to be obedient where we were and to grow where we were planted, that's when God started showing us why we were there Mm -hmm. and started helping us learn the things that would ultimately, um, I don't want to say prepare, because I don't know if you're fully prepared for. No, we prepared (laughs) you a lot better than what you thought would happen. Yeah, definitely. That's pretty cool. I'm surprised we didn't know that. I know, I'm learning so much. All right, number four. How did you feel telling your kids you were leaving? How did you prepare them for the news, and how did they react? Because um, when we asked them, they did not remember very well. <laughs> no, they didn't. Okay, so what's really, really interesting about this is last night I was talking to Catherine, and she asked me, she's like, well, so what questions are they going to ask you? <laughs> and, and I was like, well, I, I, I wrote some of them down. And she's like, what are you going to answer for this question? And this is the question oh, she asked me yeah. about the kids. And What's really interesting about what I told her is that after I got done telling her, she's like, none of that happened. What? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I had this, I had this like, this idea that, I had this idea that like, that they kind of just knew as we were going through the process, like that it was just kind of like dripping the vision and they just mm-hmm. kind of like, they were around yeah. when we were talking about it. They were, um, they, they knew when we asked our friends to pray specifically yeah. about whether or not God had called us to, to move overseas. They knew that we were going to these cohorts once a month yeah. to think about international church planning. Yeah. Um, I had this idea that like they kind of were brought along. Like it wasn't like one big moment. Yeah. And then Catherine was like, yeah, that's not how it was at all. And so I have either created, <laughs> I have either created these fake memories that, that that's, that's very possible. Cause it was just, just very possible that I just thought that's how it worked, but apparently it didn't work. Um, but Catherine said that, that no, we kind of like went through the process ourselves. And then we told them like, as we started and maybe that starting point for me was the starting oh. point towards figuring out and making sure this is what God called us to. And yeah. maybe for her, it was a starting point for, all right, this is the beginning this of is, the amazing. application. And, oh, yeah. wow. So, that's but, so interesting. Because even in the application process, it never really felt for sure, for sure, yeah. until like it was mat- like 
this is the job that you're going to have. This is the place you're going to go. Then it's when it felt real. The rest of it was like, is God calling us to this? I think God's calling us to us more and more certainty that God's calling us to this. Our friends are saying God's calling us to this. Uh, we're getting affirmation from, from church that God's calling us to this, but all those were steps for me in a process of it being more sure, as opposed to there was some point in time where it was like, oh no, it's definite. And we're just going through these other steps. I don't know. Maybe it's how we saw it differently, but yeah, it sounds like that's how you saw it differently. Because like, the kids did say they knew you guys were talking about yeah. moving, but Carson was like, I didn't think it was actually going to happen. So that makes sense. But they seemed yeah. aware throughout the process. It wasn't like they were blindsided at all. What's really funny about this is that this is like a major, pivotal, important thing, right, in our lives. Yeah. And none of the five of us remember what happened. Yeah, <laughs> <they're> <laughs> <so> <laughs> dramatic. Maybe. Everyone's like, yeah. ah. that's not how it happened. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, does that answer the question? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But do you remember telling them we're going to Malawi? Uh, I remember when we came home from that candidate conference. I don't even know if that's what you call it, but we came home from the conference where we had the like book of jobs. So I don't know if they, if Catherine told you this or not, but you go to this thing and it's kind of like your final interview for the organization that we're with. And um, as a part of that, where they're kind of like they haven't actually appointed you yet. Mm-hmm. You're not like actually one of in their missionaries. You're not in any place. You're not one of their missionaries yet, but they've affirmed that you, that you have met all the qualifications to be appointed. Okay. And when, when they do that through that final kind of interview type weekend, they give you this book. Uh, it's like a book. It's like three or four or 500 like book? jobs. Or it's a job catalog. It's not handwritten. Um, <laughs> It's like a job catalog of all the requests that other oh, missionaries wow. have made for people to like join their teams mm-hmm. or that could be all the ones that have been approved. And so there are like far more requests than people Yeah, that's so to crazy. fill them. But they gave you this and they just said, hey, read through this book <laughs> and or this catalog and just like pray about like what God. Oh, wow. And so which we really were hoping to be in Sub-Saharan Africa. And so we kind of turned there first. And we kind of glanced at all the other ones too. I mean... God just flipped this page open. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Seriously. Um, But there were two jobs that really, really stood out. One was in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it was a job that like actually one of the leadership team guys of the organization had like talked to us about. He was kind of recruiting us for this this position. And um, so that was already on the radar because of because of him yeah and then there was another job that was brand new we were the first group of people to see going through that catalog. process to see it in the catalog because it was brand new in the catalog. <laughs> catalog and it was this job in malawi and so after reading through all the jobs because we didn't know what they were going to do we only knew about the tanzania one we we basically thought man the tanzania one looks looks good yeah. like he said it would but this malawi one man, I think that this might really be a really good fit for, oh, wow. for our family. And so we went back to, they pair you up with, if you're most interested in like one affinity, affinities are like, think of them as continents. So we were most, oh, we were okay. most, we were most interested in the sub-Saharan African affinity. Okay. And so, um, if, if there's one affinity that is more interesting or you're more thinking about the others, then you get matched up with kind of like a, Kind of like a guidance counselor, yeah. <laughs> career coach kind of person. Oh, cool. I don't really know what his title is. Um, but he he was a missionary in Sub-Saharan Africa for like a million years. And he he's the one who like 
walks through your thoughts and he said, Hey, I just want you to know, like, I went through it last night after having met you yesterday and looked through the jobs and I really feel like that there are two jobs and there's like a million jobs in this yeah. book. I feel like there are two jobs that really stood out for you and you and Catherine. It wasn't yeah, Jeanette. Yeah, yeah. He was talking to both of us yeah. um, to, for you and your family. Um, one is that is that Dar job in Tanzania. I know that the guy has been talking to you about mm. it already and I do think that would be a good fit. But man, the more I read, I really feel like this Malawi, this before wow. we said anything, oh, I really wow. feel like this job in Malawi would honestly be really perfect for your family. And we're like, whoa, really cool because that's what we thought too. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, so can you tell us more about it? And then he told us more about it and we got more and more excited. Yeah. And, um, and it wasn't like official at that moment, mm. um, but that was like the beginning of like, the people in charge of the Malawi job were interested in us and we were interested in them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had you heard of Malawi before that? I'd heard of it as a country. Okay. Our first, our first, we had our first, this is kind of funny story. Our first short term team came to visit us this year in February. And so it's just a, our church sends people to come and to encourage us and to support us and to visit us and then to help us with any ministry things yeah. that we would like for them to help us with. Two of the guys who signed up for that trip thought they were going to Maui. No way. They did? Hawaii. How long did they think that for? <laughs> Until the first meeting. Oh my. And so they had already signed up and like done the application yeah. and like probably paid Go their first Hawaii. deposit. They thought they were going to Hawaii. Oh, so wow. yes, I've heard of Maui. I've heard of Malawi. I've heard of Mali. <laughs> but I didn't know really anything about Malawi. Oh, yeah. wow. Beforehand. After, this is just separate question. Because I've never heard of Malawi. Mm-hmm. either but then afterwards all these like Malawi things they just like are on your radar mm-hmm. did you feel like that happened yeah. to you guys it's like you just all of a sudden you start singing you start like, oh I'm from more. Malawi and I'm at the grocery store right yeah. next to you in line mm-hmm. yeah things yeah, like that definitely. <laughs> um but did you remember telling your kids <laughs> oh you keep going back to the kids thing um, <laughs> she really cares about it well, no 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 it is it's on the question sheet <laughs> need to answer it exactly um I I think where I was going with that conference thing is that we didn't tell them about Malawi until after that mm-hmm. because we didn't know about Malawi until after that. So I don't really remember, honestly, <laughs> but I assume that we told them sometime after, after that, that Malawi might be a place that we okay, were looking at. Okay. If it's any help, Beth, I'm sure none of them remember. Did, oh, I know. Did we the, asked them. Did they the kids remember? remember? Oh, no, they, they didn't remember didn't. either. What? I thought that's what I was girls, telling you. Were, <laughs> the girls really didn't remember. The, I, okay, so Catherine says this is absolutely false, and she's going to listen to this podcast, and she'll yell at me later. But <laughs> I think that maybe it's because it wasn't some big, grand moment reveal. Maybe like, it was just like, maybe it was like, oh, wow, this look. This is where we're moving. Oh, wow, look. That could be one of the options. Oh, okay. yeah. mom and dad are talking about that as one of the options. And so it wasn't like a one point in time as much as it was like a continual drip of the possibilities. Okay. Kevin, that might not be true. But we'll have to get her back on. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. She already told me. This is this is Catherine Forty. She already told me that she wants to get on a podcast after this and fact checked everything that I've said. Oh wow! Which honestly makes me kind of nervous. Well, <laughs> makes me kind of not want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> well, actually, I'm really appreciating your details because, like you said, you give more details, than she does. <laughs> and the kids don't have this great of memories. So I'm getting like a lot more. Well, apparently, I make up memories. So well, who knows if my memories are even? I'm just talking. 
It's your word against maybe, hers. I don't maybe, know, uh, man. That's true. And there's... Let's let the readers... Not the readers. Let's let the readers... <laughs> you decide. The listeners. You decide, listeners. We're listening to the transcription. Sam will have a poll up. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, um, it's like Tiger King. Who do you we just believe? get all the facts, and then you decide who... Are you comparing your podcast to Tiger King? Yes, I am. Okay, good. It's the most popular thing mm-hmm. in the world right now. So popular. Just like us. Mm-hmm. Second most popular thing. <laughs> okay, you explain the next question, because I don't totally understand it. Um... How, well, I don't know that we actually even need to. I feel like we did go over it, but it's how did you and Catherine make the decision together? Did either of you make it separately? But it sounds like, honestly, it's been a 15-year decision since you guys have known each other. Yeah, and not all of that was active. Like, some of that was, like, very, like, is God ever going to do that? I don't know. I kind of care. Let's go to Target. Let's go to Target. (laughs) No, no, I'm serious. No, yeah, I can imagine I'm serious. It wasn't like an active thing. There were times where it was super active, Mm -hmm. and then there were times where it just wasn't. And there were definitely, throughout that entire process, God was speaking to each of us at different times in different ways, uh, more clearly, forcefully, I don't know, um, in different times. And so did we... on the same page most of the time. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that we were on the same page most of the time. I think that life, life happens and you get caught up in all the different things that, that need to go on. And sometimes there would be, there probably be, there probably, there probably were times, there were times where I was more thinking and hoping that this would be something that God was, mm-hmm. was legit calling us to. And at that, at that, in that time frame maybe Catherine wasn't thinking about it at all yeah. and me bringing it up was just kind of like uh yeah but we have all this other stuff kind of mm-hmm. not she wasn't dismissing it but it was just kind of like and then there were times where the opposite happened where yeah. she like God is like drawing her to understand and to see and to think through things I mean that happened at Mo- when, when she went to Molly yeah definitely I mean Molly was a I don't know did she talk about that at all we have I don't know if she talked about it on her episode, but she's told us about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a huge deal um, because really God just confronted her with a lot of, uh, with a lot about himself and a lot about herself and a lot about how she was thinking through decisions and fear. Honestly, Mm -hmm. it was a lot of different things. And so God was very clearly speaking to her in that. And so he kind of, he was, it wasn't like some point in time. It was the long haul, and over the course of the long haul, both of us have been very much on the same page. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's very cool. I'm just comparing it in my mind to my grandma's story, which she'll probably hear this and tell me if I'm wrong about it. But it was something like my grandpa wanted to go to Israel, and he was like, "I'm going to Israel. You want to get married and come with me?" She's like, "Oh, okay." So it wasn't like you know, let's decide together. But it ended up really great. But that's the only, like, concept I have. Yeah, I would definitely say that for those who are married, it very much has to be something that God is calling you both to. Mm -hmm. And he is, because he's not going to call one of you to something separately. But I think you have to really work through that together. Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of things, there are a lot of things that are really great. My family and I, I feel like we're doing really well here in the first 16 months. But there are a lot of things that are just really, really hard, and you really, with all those hard things, being in a new culture, new language, new context, away from the people, the things mm-hmm. that you love, everything is different. Like, if one person was basically 
you brought me here, you dragged me here. It like it yeah. like literally couldn't work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Moving on. Um, so you chose Malawi, and you didn't really know about Malawi, right? No, not no. We didn't. I, I didn't really have any concept of. So you didn't even have like expectations. Did you Google Maps it? I I, I, <laughs> I of course Google mapped it. Google. You said Google Maps. Google it. Earth. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Google Earth. So I did Google Map it, and I did look up uh, lots of information about it. I so my parents brought my family and I to Zimbabwe when I was a kid. So I was, oh. ele- I was 11. I don't know if you guys knew this, but I was 11 and we spent four months in Zimbabwe. So I had a little bit of concept of what Sub-Saharan Africa was yeah. like. And Why I knew it because my dad was a pastor and he taught at the seminary in Zimbabwe oh, for wow. a semester. It was like a sabbatical. He was taking off mm-hmm. work because he had been a pastor there for like 20 million years. And so th- <laughs> they gave us like four months. And so he went and we took the family to Zimbabwe. We lived in Zimbabwe for four months and that's the only understanding I, ha- I had about what Malawi might be like. But yeah, that's actually more than nothing. It is more than nothing, but I will say that the way that your 11-year-old self views things yeah. and the way that your adult self <laughs> that is married with kids view things are definitely, yeah. are definitely different. Um, and so, yeah, I had some thoughts, but a lot of those thoughts were kind of naive they were Zimbabwean. They were Zimbabwean. But it's not always close to Malawi. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it yeah. is. I think they run very differently. I don't know if it touches Malawi, but it's right next to it. Yeah. Um, so when you visited with your friend, Jesse, which Catherine told us about, did it change, did it clear everything up? Um, and what was that trip like? Well, first of all, it was awesome um, because it didn't clear everything up because there's no way you can clear everything no. up. I've been here 16 months and not everything is cleared up. Right okay. now. I, don't, <laughs> I, don't yeah. I don't know. Um, but it was really amazing because the point of that trip. So like you said, my friend, Jesse talked about community and talking about, yes. talking about people and home home. Um, he's my best friend. And, is he listening? Uh, shout out to Jesse. Shout out, shout out to Jesse. Oh, Jessica Meyer. <laughs> Um, and their kids. Um, but anyway, basically he was like, bro, you're going to move to this place and you've never been there. And I'm like, yep. And he was <laughs> like, no, that's not going to happen. How do you know what you need? How do you know? He's like, so he's smart. like very, he's a, a planner. He a wants great to know. First reaction. <laughs> and so he's like, listen, listen, you're going to not, you're, you're going to want to not accept this, but it doesn't matter. We're going to go, I'm going to pay for it. And we're going to go and figure out what this place looks like. We're going to meet the people we need to meet. We're going to meet your teammates. We're going to see where you're going to live. We're going to see what we need. And we're going to make this, we're going to make this as smooth a transition for you guys as possible. And I'm like, wow. uh, Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And for me, I mean, obviously it was a very, it was an extravagant gift, Mm -hmm. but for me, I was just excited because I got to go to Africa with my friend. Yeah. (laughs) It was awesome. (laughs) And he'd never been to Africa. So I love I love the idea of like taking my friend to Africa for the totally, first time. Yeah. That was amazing. And of course I wanted to go and see. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was incredibly, it was an incredible blessing. It was incredibly yeah. helpful. Um, practically it was very helpful because yeah. we saw that, um, the power in area nine where my house is, it mm-hmm. doesn't ever work. Mm-hmm. And so, so you knew that coming in. Yeah. We knew it coming in because we took the trip. Did you mm-hmm. stay at the house? Well, we went and visited the house and, yeah. and got everybody else's opinion about it. Oh, and so cool. we knew that the power didn't work, which is why we ended up doing solar. Okay, yeah. We knew oh, that wow. because That's... the power doesn't work, 
we ended up not need, we needed to not get a an electric oven. We need to get a gas oven. Wow. And so it was like things yeah. that ended up being that's super practical so that yeah, were really so helpful, helpful because when the power goes out, which we knew it would, first yeah. of all, it's expectation setting. Yeah. Expectation setting. That, well, the oven is still on, so we didn't lose all that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a deep freezer because if the power went off, we could it, it could still stay frozen for a long time. And soon thereafter, mm-hmm. um, yes. we were able to we were able to to get solar as well. That is so great. Just and also relationships and meeting teammates and yeah. having a feel for just what it was like. Yeah, and, and that's probably nice for your teammates too. Like when Jenna came to visit us, it was like, oh, we did have Jenna some is. expectations, yeah. And then, after when she moved in. Yeah, and then yeah. she moved in, we already knew her. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe, it's hard to say if this is the biggest thing or not, but you talk about like your people, it's really, really, really helpful when your people have a little bit of insight into what your, what your life is like. Yeah. Oh and yeah. So him it's knowing really that, all of a sudden, I could call him and tell him, dude, you remember when this happened? Yeah, this is happening all the time. Oh. Like, it, we weren't here very long, but he just got enough of a feel for it's, the yeah. inefficiency of, yes. yeah. of it's hard to everything explain. here. It is hard to explain, but he saw some of that, and it just it helped him empathize and me not have to try to explain everything because he'd seen some of it. Yeah, exactly. And so that was super helpful as well. I feel like this is not as uh, important, but I would like to know if when you visited here that time, did you get any like 11 year old flashbacks of being in <laughs> Africa? So I spent all my time in Zimbabwe, like literally running around chasing and catching monkeys. Oh, and okay. I, I did no school. <laughs> I like basically lived on this huge like seminary property that was so big that I could never run off of it. And so I was always safe. Yeah. I could always do whatever I wanted to. I could always run. I could go and meet people and build things and literally literally built traps and caught monkeys and relocated them. And we had a monkey that gave birth and so we had a baby oh monkey. Oh my god. And we found a kitten that Is was Catherine so jealous? Um I don't know. I've never asked her if she's jealous. <laughs> hey, are you that. jealous of my Catherine, childhood? Catherine, are you jealous of my childhood? Um no, we like we a uh, cat fell down our chimney and oh. we kept it and um, named it Utsi, which is smoke in Shona. That's so cute. And, that is it. Um, a good name. Learned, like, tried to learn, like, as an 11-year-old, tried to, like, learn greetings and learn, yeah. like, basically, it was like, we, we, we played, we built forts and played, uh, Cowboys and Indians is not the right No, word, it's not. I don't know cops what to say. We played cops and robbers-ish, <laughs> but it was in yeah. Africa. It was, like, tribes of people. I don't know. Tribes we, and tribes. Basically, we, we, made, we made bows and arrows yeah. and, like, ran up on, like, this, like, semi-mountain that was, like, there. Mm-hmm. We got chased down the mountain by a warthog. Oh, It was, my like, goodness. the whole 11-year-old thing was, like, one big perfect adventure yeah and so i was you're having a great time i was naive and <laughs> what's the word when you think everything's going to be like perfect mm. wide-eyed and bushy-tailed yeah, yeah that's not the word that i was looking for but that'll, phrase, that'll not work. a word yeah <laughs> idealistic work. idealistic is the word i was and that's one of the things that my friends my we talked a lot with our friends before we came here and they said that you tend to be a little bit idealistic about things. You want things, you think things are going to be really good because you're positive and you want, so mm. things are going to be hard and mm-hmm. it's not going to be exactly, it's not going to be like one big adventure. Like when you, were like, <laughs> you, know? you can't just travel and people. And so I would say that, no, I didn't get any flashbacks. <laughs> okay. That's a long way to answer that question. Yeah, no, but I'm glad it was, that was very interesting. 
Um, I'm glad you didn't have those expectations for your kids, too. Of like, you guys, we're just going to trap monkeys. <laughs> Cats fall from the chimneys. You're going to have a great time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, our cat almost fell from the chimney. That's not true. She was in the chimney. She was in the chimney. Fact check. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was... Uh, it's different than, than Zimbabwe. And, of course, yes. I was 11. Yeah. But I think that's another reason why coming on the trip with Jesse was so important because it started to... You just see things differently than you did totally. as an 11. You see, like, oh, my gosh, there are 150,000 people and things on this yeah. road, and I'm afraid I'm going to hit somebody. Yeah. Like, the grocery store you were driving? is... I was riding, and still. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I still scared. Yeah, it's <laughs> scary. When you first get here, it's, it's scary. scary. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was, it was a good... Any of the idealism and the naivety of... 11 year old Matt I think it kind of got washed away in that trip which was really good yeah, yeah. which was really that so that was helpful good. in that sense yeah I guess good advice is if you're going to move somewhere visit it with your friend first that it's is possible that's, that's <laughs> definitely good advice um okay how should people how do you think people should discern if they should do missions this is kind of a more specific. this is a pretty heavy this could be a heavy big big question Interpret well, I want you to want. give advice to my past self okay that's how you should interpret it. Well, right. you, I mean, you have notes, so go ahead. No, it's fine. I, I'll give, note, I'll give uh, advice to your past self. Okay. That would be fun, actually. <laughs> I mean, I think the first thing is probably to make sure that we have a working definition of missions first before we answer the question. I would say that missions is being an obedient follower of Christ in a culture or place that's different than your normal one. Mm-hmm. And so like the f- and so the first, I guess the first, um, first way to discern or the first advice that I would give is that if you're not currently being an obedient follower of Christ wherever you are now, then you probably shouldn't do missions. Okay, good. Um, Such good advice. Because really, it's the same thing. It's just harder because you're in a place that's just different. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that just adds layers of complication. Layers of stress. Layers of complication. Yeah. Layers of, yeah. And so that, I mean, so my first advice for all of us who are Christians is wherever you are with the people that God surrounded you with, be an obedient follower of Christ, be an image bearer mm-hmm. um, there. And, you know, my, my, um, my old pastor would always joke that people would, that people would think that, like, it was going on the airplane, like, that, like... That they're a Christian now, and then going on the airplane, they would like change into a oh, missionary, wow. and and he joked that like there is no transformation by aviation, like you oh, don't change nice. who that you are. Like such a Doesn't it sound like a pastor a thing to say? <laughs> like like you don't, you, you're not going to change the thing, who you are, and what you do, and how you're an obedient follower of mm-hmm. Christ somewhere else if you're not, yeah. if you're not doing it wherever you are now. And so that's my first, that would be my first thing. Um, I think the second thing is to count the cost, to really count the cost. I think that I said earlier, I think my family and I honestly, I think God has, God has really, really blessed us in this transition. And I really do feel like, I mean, we struggle with a lot of things, but I feel like that we're really thriving as a family right now. Um, but that is also because we were very realistic about the things that we were leaving and how hard it was going to be mm-hmm. to leave. I mean, we left 
our family. We left our friends that we really love. We left our church. Shout out Summit Church. Um, <laughs> we left our church. We left two jobs that we both thought were perfect for us. We left our dream house. Yeah. The kids left their school. They left their friends. We left our bulldog, Lucy. Um, we left taco trucks uh. and Target and watching live sports. Like, we, yes. you, you, you leave you, you leave things. Yeah. And I think that some people are like, yeah, you leave things. And they get this, like, I'm not making fun of, I'm not making fun of, like, Christian answers. But they get this, like, you know, this idea or this, like, like the Apostle Paul says, you know, I count everything as a loss. Mm-hmm you know, if, if to know Christ and you're like, when you are really Christian and you say that, I want you to like, as those words are forming in your mouth, think about what the word everything entails. Yeah. yeah. Everything entails a lot of things. Yeah. And you really need to think about the fact that you, if you're, if you want to go overseas, some of those things you might not have in the ways that you had them before. Yeah. And it is a hundred percent okay for you to mourn not having them. Those it's okay losses, to yeah. be sad about yeah. those losses. It's not okay to not be obedient to Christ mm-hmm. because of those things, but it is good to be thinking about them and to count those costs beforehand. So that'd be the second thing I'd say. Yeah. I'm like expectations. Make sure that your expectations are right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think another thing, and this is probably echoed in some of what we talked about before, but just take your time. Yeah. Take your time. Like, this is not, you know, you guys can probably attest, there, there isn't, like, this missionary, like, platinum life that we're living over here. Like, right. like, 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 take your time. Like, God is using your right now to prepare you for your Absolutely. future. yeah. And because he is doing that, like, trust him. Trust in his timing. Know that if this is something that God is calling you to, then it's something God's calling you to. Yeah. And that you should take seriously and you should do it. But continue to don't like, don't not plant roots, as you said, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you are because you're looking forward to where God's going to put you. Yeah. Where God has put you is where he's put you. Yeah. So yeah. grow your roots there. Yeah, and your roots led you here. Right. Essentially. And they did. Yeah. They absolutely did. They absolutely did. And they're still did. feeding yeah. you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Was that one of our questions? It is. It's later on. Um, you know, it it really does. It takes takes a long time to get used to a new place. I don't know how long it takes someone who's never who's not from some place if they can ever be really totally used to it. But yeah. it takes a long time to get used to the place. And if you really are wanting to to go overseas like long term as a missionary is not like a sprint it is a you learn culture you learn language yeah. you learn people you learn how to how to survive and how to thrive and how you're doing that with a family or even just with yourself you're like learning those things it's not like a hit the ground running it's it's really not and yeah. i think there's this someone really smart said i say that cuz i always say someone really smart said when i don't know who said it <laughs> so that's my secret Someone really smart said that people always underestimate or they always overestimate how much they can do in two years and they always grossly underestimate how much they can do in 20 years. Mm, That's really smart. That is smart. And so, yeah, whoever that smart person is. And so, like, we always think about, we think in such small increments Mm -hmm. and we we basically act like these are all just like a bunch of sprints when really it's a long-term thing, especially if God's calling you to, like, really move your family overseas. It's a big thing it's a 
big thing for you is a lot of effort and time and thought and, and tears yeah. and goodbyes and it's hard for your family. Yeah. You're making decisions that other people are going to have to face the consequences of. Your, mm-hmm. The grandparents. Yeah. You know, your kids. Like, my kids didn't, in a lot of ways, didn't really get a choice. They're facing, they're having to face the consequences of the decisions that Catherine and I made. Yeah. Grandparents, the same thing. Yeah. So, like, it's a lot of, it's a lot of things. Like, take, take, take your time and allow God to work in you right now. And God will, God will make it very clear when it's the right time mm-hmm. to do that. Um, you know, both Catherine and I really felt like one of the things that changed for us towards the end, not changed, but we recognized at the end was that, um, was what it looked like to be a good steward of the gift that God, and Catherine and I talked about this, what it looked like to be a good steward of the gift that God had given us in maybe being open to moving to Africa. There are lots of people who aren't open to moving to Africa. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a gift that God's given you. Even just this desire to maybe move overseas one day. Mm-hmm. So what does it look like to be a good steward of that? But you don't have to just up and move. Take your time as yeah. God is working through those things. When do you think that you realize that because I feel like gift? the slowness, I didn't oh. say what it was, because I feel like as we're all kind of looking back on what, what led up to you being here today, mm-hmm. the whole journey seems like it was pretty slow. It was. Did you realize that in America? Yeah. Did you realize that here? I realized, like, I think it's one of those things where you don't really realize we're not smart enough to realize what God is doing in the present yeah. until it's the future. And then we look yeah. back and realize it. Yeah. Uh, there's all, there's always the example of like a little kid sitting at his mother's feet as she's like crocheting or like sewing and like all the strings are hanging down underneath and he's looking up and all he sees are the like crazy strings and mm-hmm. it looks disorganized and it looks messy and it looks ugly and it looks like what possible, what possible good could be, could come from, Whatever the whatever mom that is tangle, doing, yeah. Yeah. that tangle until she turns it around, and then you see, oh wow, she was doing something beautiful with that. And I feel like that's kind of how our lives are. A lot yeah. of times, we're looking up at God and seeing the mess and the strings and all this nastiness, and we're like, "What are you doing, God? This is not my plan. Why is it like this? I thought your plan for me, even if we're holy, even if we're trying to be spiritual about it, I thought your plan for me was to do this. Yeah. yeah. And um, why is that not happening? And I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to be obedient to what you're calling me to God. So why don't you tell me what you're calling me to God and why are you making this hard and why does it look like a bunch of messy strings? And it's because he hasn't turned it around for us to see. And we don't usually see that until afterwards. And so, you know, I've had a number of different jobs, right? I, we don't need to go through them all right now, but (laughs) in all of those different, all those different jobs were teaching me something different Mm. that I needed to know for the next place. And I needed ultimately to learn lessons that would really ultimately affect me and grow me into yeah. who God's created me now, to totally, be now. Yeah. And so you don't, I feel like sometimes you don't see that until you're through no, it. No, I totally agree that with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another, another thing, another piece of advice I would give yourself if you were thinking about <laughs> going into missions is like you really need to, on the front end, know that God doesn't need you. Oh, yeah. That's um, what I learned while I was here. <laughs> why don't you tell us about that? Oh, I have. Okay. Mm, this is the past podcast. Okay. I, didn't, I, yeah. I, I definitely didn't know that before. Okay, well, I thought that being a missionary was the ultimate because God 
need, like he will love you the most if you're a missionary because that's the hardest thing to do and not everyone wants to do it. So if you want to do that, then that'll be great because then finally God can get his work done. You know, he's been like calling people, no one wants to go. So mm-hmm. if you go, he can finally do what he's been wanting to do. And um, yeah. you're going to be so instrumental because God needs you to do his work. Mm-hmm. So then I came here, I was like, you don't need me. No yep. one needs me here. <laughs> yep. I'll try to be, I'll try to be, I'll try to be succinct for, for Catherine. <laughs> so she's not if, listening to it on triple speed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you want God or the people that you're going to serve to need you, then you probably shouldn't be a missionary. Hmm. That's the most succinct that's way I can put it. So good. Which I think kind of leads me to maybe my last thing, which might be a little bit controversial, but it's your Do podcast, it. not mine. So <laughs> I, I think this is probably not the right way to say this, but if you have missionary heroes, maybe you should be a missionary. Ooh. And so controversial. That's, that's, I like it. That's probably not a fair thing to say. Um, but there's just so much, and people mean really well, but there's just so much like, hey, you know, we're just, we are so thankful that you would be willing to go wherever God tells you yes. to go and, and do whatever he tells you to do and that you'd be willing to, to give up all these things to go so that other people can know the name of Jesus. And I'm like, and then, you know, that whole like, well, you know, missionaries are my heroes. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, bro, what you just said, every single thing you just said is what is expected of every single follower of Christ. You're mm. so right. And so I totally get I totally get what people mean by that, but I think ultimately, deep down, there's a little bit of a misconception, mm-hmm. and maybe, especially people who have all these missionary heroes. Like I said, this is not the right way to say this, and it's probably, it's probably, I'm probably, probably gonna get yelled at by someone. Just take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, take it with a grain of salt. That's what you <laughs> said. <laughs> I'm not trying to be offensive, but here, <laughs> but, um, no, this is stuff. Don't is, stop yourself. Is I think maybe sometimes we have these heroes because we ultimately want to be those heroes. Mm -hmm. And that's not what this is about. Like, that's not what any of this is about. And ultimately, we are very, very, very normal people Mm -hmm. who are just trying to serve an extraordinary God. And we are not the heroes. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the hero. And I know that sounds really churchy, but I think sometimes when when we talk about missionary heroes, we we subliminally subliminally implant these ideas in our heads that are actually just gonna Mm -hmm. cause us to fail because ultimately we're not gonna be that yeah and we know that when we're here yeah it's i think it it just goes along with that airplane saying whatever it it was aviation transformation yeah people just think oh i'll be different once i have this thing or once i'm at that place Mm -hmm. just waiting to be different instead of actually choosing to be different Mm -hmm. And it's also like staying in your own lane because like I look at missionaries in the village and I'm like, whoa, they're like way better Christians than me because I can't give up my electricity. But it's not about that. And when I read like about missionaries, I always think, oh, this is what I'm aiming for. Well, that's what I thought before mm-hmm. I started learning this stuff. But yeah, but it's not comparing your spiritual journeys. It's focusing on your own. Mm-hmm. We, we even do that with the Bible, right? We read like David and Goliath yes. and we're like, oh my gosh, David. And, and, like, David. and, and like, but all of, 
all of scripture is always pointing to Jesus. And so we're not the ones who should want to be pointed towards. Mm -hmm. We want people to be pointed towards Jesus. And so, you know, even with that, just reminded me. Now we're all processing. But I, I always like look to that lady in the Bible. I think it was Dorcas. She just like makes clothes for poor people, and I'm always like, oh, I like her because she lives a normal life, and I can, you know, I can aspire to that. Yeah. And she's still in the Bible. But even that is like wrong because I shouldn't be looking for someone to be like to turn into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God's created you to, to, to know him and to love him and to be the person he's created you to be um, and to follow Christ um, unique and different mm-hmm. and how you're going to do it according to the scripture, not like how you should ever you want to do it. But yeah. um, that's going to be different than, than anybody and we should be looking at, we need to look at Jesus and not all the other people because mm-hmm. ultimately they're just pictures. Mm-hmm. That's some good advice. Yeah, this is a good conversation. <laughs> it is I'm a good have to journal about this later. Uh, okay. Is this going to turn into your longest podcast ever? I don't it very know. well maybe. <laughs> Sorry, all you podcast listeners. But that's also because Catherine really wants to tack on at the end. Oh gosh, fact check. She's going to do that. <laughs> That'd be really funny. We can make it a two-parter. I don't know how much people care. I like long podcasts. You guys are the boss, so you can. Do what you want. Well, we're not done, so we're keep going. Okay. Um, I don't want to miss out on any of these great sayings, like transformation and aviation. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Do you think it is possible to build community anywhere? But I kind of want to rephrase this because I've been thinking about it more. And like you said before, God has given you people everywhere you've moved that you needed. So that's like building community everywhere you go. But then I was thinking, what if you, of course, what if, you move somewhere and you're really trying, you haven't found community for a really long time. Like, should you move or should you just be like, it will come? Hmm. So when I saw this question, this is, this is the question for me because after 16 months, this is hands down what I'm struggling with mm-hmm. the most. And it's because I had, I had such great friends. Yeah. Yes. Um, and community back home. And so this is this is what I'm struggling with most. I'll come back to that. When I was thinking about this question, I was trying to think of like, because in the question you said, is is it possible? Is it possible to build community anywhere? And I was trying to think of like, what is the least ideal scenario mm-hmm. for, because I go to like the actual like, what's the <laughs> least ideal scenario for building community. And I thought about just like being a dude by myself in the woods with no possible, with no potential human contact at all. All right. Mm. I feel like that would be the like least ideal scenario for building community. (laughs) And then I thought, isn't that funny? Because that's exactly the situation that Adam was in. And Mm. yet God still gave him community. Wow. He created community out of nothing. To give him community. And so, yes, I do think that <laughs> God can give us community anywhere. And I think that that's really, that's really what we need to come back mm-hmm. to, though, is that ultimately community is a gift. Mm-hmm. It's a gift that God gives us because it's good yeah, and yeah. because he wants us to have it. You know, 
community, the, the problem that we all have though, is that so often we allow community to replace our relationship with God yeah. as opposed to enhance our relationship with God. Yeah. And so, um, you know, Eve, when God created Eve, like he didn't create Eve to replace him. He created Eve so that Adam could know him better. Yeah. And that's what community is for. And so we have to be careful that community is enhancing our relationship with God and not replacing our relationship with God. And when we let community replace our relationship with God, when we have the tendency to do that in, in subtle and maybe ways that we don't even realize, I think it's loving and kind for him to show us that that's happening. Mm-hmm. And maybe he shows us that that's happening by removing some of that community, um, which is really which is really hard, right? That's mm-hmm. mind-blowing. And so, yeah, I mean, smart. I don't know. I don't know if it's smart. It's a good process. I don't know if it's I think another smart guy, Tim Keller, I think is the one who says this, but ultimately all of us want to be fully known and fully loved. Mm-hmm. That's what we're all searching for. Yeah. And so if we are, if we're fully known, but not fully loved, then that means we're rejected. Mm-hmm. And if we're fully loved, but not fully known, that's just, doesn't even count. It doesn't count because it's not real. It's like yeah. sentimentality or something. It's not. It's it's not it's not real love because they don't really know you. Mm-hmm. What we're really really looking for is for people for everyone to really really know us and still really love us mm-hmm. even though they really know us and they see all the warts and they yeah. see all the bad things. And we look for that. We look for that everywhere, especially in our community. Now, community is a gift, right? But yeah. we look for that in community. But when we look for that in community, we we only get we only see a sliver of it. Because the only place we can really find that is in God. He's the only person who really, really knows us, who knows yeah. the deep down things, and yet still chooses to love us. And so, yeah, I think that God can give us community anywhere. And I think that he will give us community anywhere um, because it's good and because he's a good father who loves us. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to allow our desire for community to be more important than our desire for him. Mm-hmm. And so we just have to make sure that, that our community isn't replacing, you know, that we're not looking to the gift more than the gift giver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really hard. It is really hard. That's I, and amazing. that's why I said that this was the, well, it's, it's really, it's probably hard differently for different people. Yeah. But for me, this is by far the hardest thing in these 16 months. This is, this is the number one thing that I whine to Catherine about. Yeah. Um, that it's not that I don't want new friends. Yeah. I just want my old friends. Exactly. I just want my old friends too. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. And there's nothing wrong with keeping in touch with them. They're awesome and I still love them and they still love me. Um, but I think it is pointing out to me the small places where I've allowed them to replace instead of enhance mm-hmm. my relationship with God. It's an excellent realization. Yes, it is. It's because you allowed me to talk about it. Mm-hmm. That's how I learn things. Yeah. Yeah. Talk through them. <laughs> I think it's interesting just because it, it's the whole theme of this podcast is looking for a home, which ultimately we're not going to find here. 
and we're also trying to be fully known by our friends too. So those two things, they do go hand in hand of like, we're just constantly searching for these things to, to fill our holes in our hearts that ultimately will only ever be filled by God. So it's just, yeah. just bringing it home, you know? Bring it, Bring home, it home. home. There's this, uh, I have a friend who's a missionary in Italy and, um, I was talking to her as we were like in the process and she said something to me. She said, Matt, you know, you're never going to be right again. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> She's like, you're going to, you're, you're always going to be messed up now. And I'm like, now? And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, the closer you get to moving overseas as you're in that process, the more you start to leave a little bit of home behind. And when you get overseas, you're going to continue to get more and more um, acclimated to the new culture that you're in, but you're never going to truly fit. You're never going to yes. truly feel like you mm -hmm. fit completely because it's not, it's not your home. It's not, it's not your home culture. You're never going to really fit. But the problem is, is that when you go home, you're never going to truly fit there either anymore. This is like That's some serious. Though. And so you're always going to be messed up now. Wow. And... And I just sat, just kind of like silently, which is pretty, pretty unusual for me. <laughs> just overcame and, you. And she said, "You know, oh, that's intense, though. It's but really I think, intense. but yeah. I think it's a good thing yeah. because it's showing us that neither of these places, none of this, is our true home. Yeah, yeah. And that 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 little thing in you that's never going to be right again." that's always going to be messed up is always going to be something that points you to where your true home really is. Yeah. That's I definitely really felt cool. that last summer. Oh yeah. Going home. Yeah. I it didn't feel like I fit in anymore mm -hmm. for sure. You're always going to be messed up now. <laughs> that's kind of exciting. It, it only took two years to mess us up forever. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so my wife just texted and said, are you done, or is this going to be the longest podcast ever? <laughs> we'll see how many <laughs> listeners hear that part. And all the way down. Um, one last question, and then we'll sing our closing song. Wait, there's a song? Did you not yeah. hear? I heard the kids sing it. I thought that was just for the kids. Nope. Oh, Catherine no. sang a song, too, except I don't think she actually sang. Uh, no, she sure didn't. she didn't sing. Catherine Wilson didn't, but that was our fault. Okay. I'm Everyone not a very good singer. It's okay. It's more it's like more, a chant. It's definitely more like a chant. <laughs> okay. And it changes every time. Okay, how do you keep in touch with your previous community? And also, oh, let me just add on to that, since it's the longest podcast ever. How do you keep in touch with them without depending on them too much? Well, first of all, I do depend on them. And I don't think it's wrong to depend on them. But I think it's wrong to allow dependence on them to be a barrier for me trying to make new friends. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what I mean by too much. And so, um, and they're aware of that too. And remember how I told you these are people who would yell at me when I'm being stupid. Yeah. Um, so perfect setup. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they, they miss me too, but they were also the ones who prayed and who really felt like that God is calling us to this. Mm -hmm. And so they really are invested mm -hmm. in us being, being here. You know, Jesse, the guy we were talking about before, he talks about all the time, Matt, you are working hard. Um, you're working hard over there, and we want to be, we want to be working just as hard here um, to support you and to love you. And so, we're all invested in this in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I'm gonna get yelled at if I'm not trying to build community and yeah. digging my roots deep here, just like they yelled at me 
back in North Carolina when I wasn't doing that. Too. <laughs> so, um, so wait, what was the question? Totally How forgot. do you keep in touch with How them? do I keep in touch with them? Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, the internet's great because mm-hmm. I can't, it would be really hard for me to imagine being one of those old school missionaries who packed their stuff up in a coffin and then never came back and yes. talked to anybody again. That would be crazy. The but I mean, letters that took um, go ahead. I was just going to say letters and I also didn't know about that coffin thing. Yeah. They used to pack up all their belongings in a coffin. That's so morbid. It is. But I guess you're all in. You're all in. I think that's what it signified. But, um, yeah, we don't have, like, I don't have set times mm-hmm. with my two, three, four, um, best friends. Um, but they're always just generally checking in with Mm -hmm. me and I'm always generally checking in with them. I think maybe the most important thing, if you're a, if you're a listening to this podcast and you are someone who has sent out one of your loved ones, um, I think one of the things that my people do really, really, really well, and it's, I think made all the difference in the world is they still involve me in their life. They don't act like, well, your life is so hard now that I don't want to tell you anything about, I don't want to tell you about my problems because Um, you have all these problems and mm -hmm. your electricity's not working and so I don't want to tell you what's going on with my, I don't want to, I just want to help you in any way. Like sometimes the best way to help us is to, yeah, help us, to send us pepperoni or (laughs) or chocolate chips or whatever. Yeah, that's super helpful and we love that. Sour Skittles, sour Skittles, (laughs) sour Skittles, please. No, I mean, that's super helpful. But relationally, I think the best way that you can help us is that you cannot treat us like we're some other thing. Yeah, that like too we're, delicate. We're too delicate mm-hmm. or we're different than we used to be. Mm-hmm. Like, what I want is to still be your friend, mm-hmm. which means you still tell me what's going on in your life and you still complain to me and you still tell me about why work is really hard. Yes. Like, that's not too much for me. That's not too much for me to... uh to handle just because I live and have other different random stresses and problems. Like it makes me feel much more connected to people yeah. when they still treat me like their friend, as opposed to some other person that now they just need yeah. to help all the time. Somebody completely different. Yeah. yeah. And my friends have done a really good job, really, really good job. Basically still in a lot of ways having the same types of conversations that we would have had when we were there, which mm-hmm. has made it much easier for me to transition because even though I don't necessarily have that community here yet, it still reminds me of God's faithfulness mm-hmm. in those other times where I didn't have it and then he, God brought me those people. So to answer your question, no specific or set times, just mm-hmm. whenever they need me, they call me. And whenever yeah. I need them, I call them just like I would. Just like real. Just like real. Just like real. Just like, real. just like when you were there. Just like, yeah. I mean, and I think that's been really healthy Yeah. for me. It all sounds very healthy. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Now Catherine's messaging us. <laughs> she just, she just, she just wants to call in. Maybe she's jealous. Yeah, can you call in? She's like, my podcast wasn't she that totally long. She can call in. She just tried to call you. <laughs> uh, all right, let's sing our song. Well, is there anything else? Oh, Anybody wants to touch on? I really wanted to ask you guys questions, but you guys did such a good job asking me all the questions that I feel like we kind of we kind of wrapped up each question with a nice little bow. Maybe it's because you guys are professionals. I guess so. I guess that's Ten episodes in. Like, you really know what you're doing. We are... What, I, I would say, so not this podcast, but just from the other podcasts that you guys have done, like what are, I'm curious, what are the like one or two things that stand out that you've learned about yourselves because of what people have, mm-hmm. have 
walk through in the podcast? That's such a good question. Are you a professional as well? <laughs> Do you uh, have a podcast? I don't. I, I, this is the first podcast <laughs> I will have ever been on, so oh, I'm, very, wow. I'm very excited. It is I, feel, cool. I feel very famous. <laughs> you should feel that way. Yeah. yeah, you should. I mean, it's like Tiger King. Anyway. As we said. <laughs> I feel like I learned uh, from this one I about said, myself. I said not this one. Oh, sorry. Just because I didn't want to make about me. Right here, though. You didn't, like, like just have You already knew it was from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't want to rub it in. Okay, let me think of other ones. <laughs> um, hmm. I guess what I've learned is that I'm part of a, like, a, a community. I was trying to think of a different word since we said that so many times. But, like, like people who come here from America, we all have so many different things in common just because we moved to Malawi from the States. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty cool. And I like that I can relate to people that I don't really know that well just because I moved here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I want to, like... I was like we were talking about like if I can relate to people I don't even really know just because we're both expats why can't I relate to everyone who lives in California because we're all in <laughs> California that just makes me like more like willing to get to know people because there is something in common always like yeah. even if you don't have that I think that's a cool perspective change it, it really reminds me of something that one of my old pastors said that that as Christians, we have more in common with other Christians than anybody else. Yeah. And so, like, no matter what your no matter what your background or what your difference is, and so that one thing is so important that it's kind of like this Malawi thing. Like that, all of a sudden, because of Malawi, you can just like you kind of just know. <laughs> you kind of just there are certain things you don't even have to say. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, I know what you mean. It, that is ridiculous and crazy and takes forever and all yeah. the things that are all the things that are just left unsaid because you know it's kind of that same way as as we we should feel like we can relate to other Christ followers and that's yeah. like so important that all the other differences kind of just fade away mm -hmm. yes that's that's what I was trying to say <laughs> yes I'm not an external processor so thank you for that <laughs> um I think Every time we record an episode, in the beginning it was just me and Beth, and that was, it was just to make the transition kind of start in December, um, but it's since like transformed to like talking to other expats, talking to other people who have moved away from home that we've met here, that, I don't know, walking away from most, from all the episodes that we've recorded, if it's just me and Beth or if it's with somebody else, I feel like... I just appreciate this whole platform of a podcast, the the way that I get to share this with so many people because there's a lot of supporters back home that want to know what's going on and I don't send out newsletters really. So this this podcast is a safe space for me in getting to like say what I'm thinking and express whatever is going on in Malawi. So I just walk away from most of these episodes feeling really light and like, like I've just processed something and I've, I've let it out and now all of these people can hear it and kind of know what's going on. I just appreciate the heck out of making these because I always feel like I get something out of them. Mm -hmm. And then even just listening back to them through editing is like 
they're so valuable, these conversations for for me. And I feel like they're really valuable for the people that I know. Yeah, they are. Is this like an introvert's dream to like be able to make a podcast, say all the things you want to say, have everybody hear them and then not yeah. receive, like not hear anything back? You don't even have to talk to anybody. Well, and then they do message me yeah. if they if something really sticks out and I'm like, you know, still talking to my friends, but <laughs> on my own time. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. it's been a really, really, I, I do, I appreciate the heck out of this thing. And I'm just, after every episode, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This is the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> really, this is a cool thing. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's been really, really fun. Like I said, this is my first podcast, so I feel very yeah. honored that you would you choose should. me, even though you chose every single <laughs> other person in my family to do this with before me, but that's okay. I'll still take it as a win. Oh, it's, it's definitely yeah, a win. Yeah, it's a win for all of us. I guess I would feel worse if you did every single other person and didn't do me. So yes. I don't know if I was like the pity ass <laughs> at the end or oh, if no. you really want, but either way, you got me. So I'm, I'm, I'm not happy to be here. Set. Oh, oh yeah, okay. I know when you're so available. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you have so much good stuff to say. Yeah. I think it, it's been cool to hear. It feels like with each person in your family that we've talked to, it's almost like this puzzle that we're putting together that I didn't even know we were putting together. Yeah. <laughs> you guys both For us, apparently, too, because we don't remember any of it. Yeah, I know. That's what I was going to say. But, like, I don't know. I felt like we knew you guys pretty well. And then it's like, oh, that's mm. interesting. Let me just put that over there with the rest of the birds. They're birds. The rest of the birds? You know how Is the, that a like, No. The birds in the puzzle is like, which, where, where, where does it go? I'm just trying to You're get a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's sing a song. Okay, so we have to choose lyrics, and then we all sing it in a different tune. Whatever comes to your mind. Okay, but what are the lyrics? Well, we can work on that together. How about... Well, well the theme of it was, like, community and home. And we learned that you can have community anywhere. And the earth is not our home. <laughs> so we could sing that, unless you guys have any input. I think that's great. I think it's a good idea. Alright, so we can't. What have is the tune that we're singing this <laughs> no, tune? Just, the tune is in your it's heart. It's in your heart. It's in your heart. Oh, okay. You can use your ears too, though. Okay. Alright, so we also start singing. Is everything that comes out of my heart good? Is that. Well, the tune might not be good, but. Okay. That doesn't matter. But it will be fun. Okay, it will be fun. Joyful noise unto the Lord. Okay, so what are the lyrics mm-hmm. again? <laughs> we can find community anywhere, and the earth is not our home. Okay. Okay, one, two, one, two, three. We can find community anywhere because the earth is not our home. I backwards, but I don't care. Ah, so good, so beautiful. Thank you, guys. That track will be on Spotify. I'm sure it will be. Actually, it will be. Okay, really? Yeah. Yep. I mean, the podcast. Everywhere but Google Podcasts.